Today I want to do a part three of Enter God's Rest, and I'm going to do a brief recap of what we covered last week. And the main scripture we were in were, were in Hebrews chapter three verses seven to eleven. And what I will do, I will read that scripture one more time because I just want us to have a fresh recollection of what those scriptures were referring to. And then as we continue, we will understand the context of what we are talking about. So that's Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. I can read it. You don't have to turn. I'll just read it to you. Okay, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So that's why where the title came about for this series called Enter God's Rest. So we were talking about what that rest, what is that rest like in the context of the scripture that was quoted here but it was also quoted in Psalm 95 I'm talking about the children of Israel but as we go forward we'll, I will transfer that to what it means for us today as believers in Jesus Christ so the meaning of the word rest in, the, in, the, in Hebrews here means reposing down to abide to settle down and the meaning in the Old Testament scripture means also repose, which, is, which repose, repose means a state of tranquility. So when it says enter into my rest, it says enter into a state of tranquility. Okay? So we were in Numbers chapter 13 and Deuteronomy chapter 6 last week. You don't have to turn. I'm just going to tell you briefly what we talked about. The last time, and in those two, um, in those two books, it gave a in those two books and chapters, it gave a brief description of the land and its contents. And we saw that the Israelites in the Promised Land did not have to start from scratch. When they took possession, what they needed to thrive was already provided for them. And when God spoke to Abraham about the promise. God was already having the land prepared for his descendants until the time for them to take possession of it. I mentioned also about the scriptures in Psalm 95, and which was also recorded in Hebrews chapter 3, which I just read in Hebrews chapter 3. But what I also touched on was the two verses preceding that, which was in Psalm 95 verses 6 and 7. And that referred to the relationship the Lord wanted with his people. And it was said, it, and it, the, the actual scriptures talk about the Father, God, being their God, and they were his people 
of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And what I thought amazing about that is, but, is that they related God to their father, to their God, and the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So that took me that God is the shepherd and they are the sheep of his pasture. So I took us back to verse Psalm 23, which talks about the Lord is my shepherd. And, it, and the, the analogy I use that he took the children of Israel out of Egypt and led them through the wilderness to green pastures and that was the land of promise. It was a place to occupy and thrive, a.k.a. a place of rest where they could be in a state of tranquility and where they would serve and worship God. They didn't have to wander in the wilderness anymore. A place of stability and a place of tranquility. A place where they were provided for and all their needs were supplied. So the land of promise was the place where all their needs were supplied and all they, and all they needed was, was already provided for them. And even their enemies could not triumph over them. So as I said, remember the definition of rest. It means the re- reposing down, which is in a, being in a state of tranquility. Now this rest they were entering into was to be like, and I use this term, a positive state of being. It's not only a physical uh, rest, but emotionally, emotionally and spiritually. This rest covered all aspects of their lives and uh, their existence. It is a peace that comes only from a relationship with the Lord as they commune with Him and serve Him. As I said, He is their God and they are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. There is a relationship between the shepherd and the sheep as also there is a relationship between their Father God and His people. And this is a unique and exclusive relationship and it can only be experienced through communion with the father and his children. So that's kind of basically what we, we touched on the last time. So today I want to talk about the things that can keep that will keep, that kept them from entering into his rest. So let's go to Numbers chapter thirteen. There's gonna be some reading, but I need you I need to do that so we can be in the right context and see how things unfolded and why God said what he said that was quoted in Psalm 95 and in Hebrews chapter that was recorded in Psalm 95 and Hebrews chapter 3. Numbers chapter 13 we have started verses 1 and 2 and then we jump around. Let me know when you're there please. Okay, Numbers chapter 13 verses 1 and 2. Now this is the Lord speaking. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone, a leader among them. So God is telling Moses to send spies out, each one from each tribe, and each person has to be a leader among the tribe. Okay? We're going to jump to verse, verse number... 30. We're going to jump to verse number 30. Now in verse number 30 says, 
and 30 to 33. Now these now, the spies now have returned with a report. And in verse number 30 it says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land to which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There, were, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight. So let's go to verse four, chapter 14 verses 1 through 4. Chapter 14 verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should come become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Verse 6. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of, of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then we will, He will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Verse 10. And all the congregation said to, said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Verse 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. Disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation greater than, mightier than they. We're going to stop there. Now if you, we're going to go back now and kind of talk about what is happening. So in Numbers chapter 13 verses 1 and 2, Moses, based on God's instruction, took one person from each tribe, a leader. So you have a total of 12 men went to spy out the land. The 12 came back. And two of them, Joshua and Caleb, Caleb is saying, Hey, 
we can go and we can we should go up and possess this land. And what Caleb and Joshua was saying, if the Lord is with us, we can we can overcome these people. We can take possession of this land. But the ten of the other, of the ten leaders of the twelve, they are saying something different. They say we can't do this. Verse verse thirty one. We can't do this. We are not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we. Yeah, in the natural, that's probably true. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they spied out, saying, The land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Is that true? <laughs> and all the people whom we saw in, in it are men of great stature. That's probably true. Then they saw the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. That is true. They saw themselves as minuscule and insignificant. And so we were in their sight. That's a lie. The people never saw them. So how could they be gra- uh, grasshoppers in the sight of the people who occupied the land if they went, spied out the land, came back and nobody knew they were there? So that's a lie. What I want us to pay attention to as I said in the last message, God sent these spies out not for his benefit. He sent the spies out for their benefit. For the people. Because God didn't send them because God didn't know what was, was in the land. They didn't know what was in the land. So God had to send them so they could get a sneak peek of what their inheritance was going to be. So they got a sneak peek. And they came back with a bad report because of their fear. So you look at Caleb's response in verse 30. Caleb said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. You look at the response of one person versus the response of others. Or two of them, Caleb and Joshua said, yes we can go and do it. Ten others says, no we can't do it. Now let me ask you this question. If you have leaders, 12 leaders come back, 2 is saying we can do it, 10 saying we can't do it. Who are the people going to believe? The 2 or the 10? They're going to believe the majority. And it's not, these are not just any old people in, from the congregation. These are leaders. People who lead the people. People who have influence over people. Over, the, over the, the others. So people are going to believe what they say. So if 10 of the, out of 12 says, this is a bad idea, the people are going to believe what they say. Amen? So in verse chapter 14, look at what the effect that leadership has over people. Watch this. Verse 14. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. So the people believed the ten. And it caused so much fear in the, with, with the, in the congregation that these people were crying and they were up. They, they couldn't sleep. Because what they're saying, God took us out of Egypt where we were, yeah, we were slaves, but we didn't have to worry about, you know, eating, or where we're going to sleep. 
you brought us in this place now, in the wilderness, for what? And then they start complaining and they said, verse 2 in chapter 14, all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if we had died in the land of Egypt, and if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And on top of that they said, let us select a new leader. Let's get rid of Moses and let us go back to Egypt. Now why do you think in verse 5, Moses and Aaron fell down on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Why do you think Moses and Aaron did that? I'll tell you why. If you remember back when Moses went up to the mount and he came down. And the people were doing all kind of wicked things. You remember what God did to those people. And if you go and you, and you see how God dealt with rebellion. Moses and Aaron, they knew God's character. They knew what he was like. And the, the strange thing about this, these people knew what happened in the past. Because God says, how long, verse, verse 11, will these people reject me? How long will they not believe me? For all the signs which I have performed among them. They glory the saying, I have done miracles, signs and wonders. Since I've pulled these people out of Egypt, it took a miracle to get them out. And over the time, I've done signs and wonders, and they still don't believe me. They still don't believe me. So Moses and Aaron went on their face because they knew this is going to be very bad. This is very bad. What they're doing is, a pro is going to be very bad. So they fell down on their face. And when God said, I will dis disinherit this people. What do you think happened? Moses interceded on behalf of the people. Because he knew. He knew what God would do. What God said He would do, He would do it. Moses interceded on behalf of the people. And God changed His mind. And let's go to verse 20. I want to show you something. Numbers 14 verse 20. So after Moses interceded for the people, then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. You know why God listened to Moses? God has, he has a relationship. Moses is a righteous man. So God listens to the, to the prayers of the righteous. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, Moses. But truly, listen to this, verse, two, verse 21. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory... And the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test. Now these ten times. This is not the first time they were acting up. He said, God said, this is number ten. And have not heeded my voice. 
Verse 23. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers. Nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Before this rebel, this last number ten rebellion, all these people were slated to go and inherit the land of promise. All of them. But the act of rebellion. You see, we have to be careful when we say, when we declare promises. Because they are very right to say, we will inherit this land. Because that's a promise. But you can only inherit and claim what is yours based on your obedience. Because if you rebel, you 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 negate your ability to claim a promise. Because of their rebellion, they're going to be cut off. Alright, anyhow. Let me, let me don't go there, but I want you to see something here. So in verse 20 to 24, I just read in Numbers 14. God has had enough. He's got to the point he has had enough of these people. Because he's been putting up for them with them all this time. Verse 26. Verse 26 to 32. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying... How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Listen, before I even continue, listen to this. Let's let's just go back and watch something here. The people start complaining. They want to overthrow Moses. When they finish complaining, what happened? It says here, what? The Lord descended. The Lord descended and came to the place where he normally meets Moses. In a cloud. He came down. After they are done complaining. So the thing which amazed me with these people. They are complaining. And they don't, they're not even paying attention that God is actually hearing what they are saying. That is how much they, they're just... I don't know what to call that. I don't know what kind of heart that is. Where you know... I don't know if they know, but they don't care. They're just going with based on their flesh and their fear. So, so the Lord came down. Anyhow, verse 26. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints... Which the children of Israel make against me. Moses say to them. As I live. Says the Lord. Just as you have spoken in my hearing. So I will do to you. Verse 29. The carcasses of you. Who have complained against me. Shall fall in this wilderness. All of you. Who have numbered. According to your entire number from 20 years old and above. So anyone 20 and above. You all are not going to enter the promised land. You all are going to drop dead in this wilderness. Except for Caleb the son of Jethna. 
and Joshua the son of Nun, you shall by no means you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you to dwell in. But your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years, and bear the fruit of your infidelity, until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, forty days, for each day you shall bear your guilt one year. Namely, forty years, you shall know my rejection. Verse 35. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do to you, do so to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness, they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. And you know what the Lord did? He redirected them right back into the wilderness. They were at the brink of entering the promised land. And because of their rebellion, God turned them around and took them through the wilderness for 40 years. Until all these people who complained against them dropped dead in the wilderness. So they were delayed 40 years because of the unbelief and rejection of God's promise. Now let me give you a little inkling. Because I was saying, Lord... I understand you're upset. But let me show you why how, why the Lord was so angry. There are a couple of reasons. Let me just give you an example. You know, it could be, let's, let's say Christmas for example. Or you, you know, you, you love somebody. And with all your heart you went through, say, you know what, what is, you know, I want to really get something nice for this person. That they're really going to, appreciate, it's going to help them, it's going to show my love for them. So you spend all this time thinking about it, you know, it could be, it could be whatever, alright, you work, say, you know, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm going to work real hard and I'm going to get this money or whatever it is you're going to do, whatever it is, you, you're giving it from your heart. So you give this person a, the present and they open it and they say, that's it? That's all you're going to give me? How are you going to feel? Let's be honest. How are you going to feel when you put a lot of yourself into giving somebody something and they do not appreciate it? How are you going to feel? You're going to feel very hurt. Very hurt. And I, and I thought of the, the Lord. And it goes beyond that. Because when you read... When God was with Abraham, how many hundreds of years before? Abraham was on that land that his descendants were going to inhabit. And God has all over those hundreds of years preparing it for the children of Israel. They didn't have to start from scratch. They had cities they didn't build. Wells they didn't dig. Vineyards they didn't plant. They had everything they needed. They didn't have to lift a finger to do anything. And what happened? They sent spies to give them a preview of what it is they're going to inherit. And they rejected it. So Caleb and Joshua and others who believe, who, who didn't complain, 
they are the ones who are going to enter. Why? Because they believed God. They believed. Because, and the reason why we know they believed, because they said, we can go and possess this land. It's a land flowing of milk and honey. We are able to do it. Because why? Because they, they know the character of God. It wasn't, it wasn't by their will or power that they were going to inherit that land. God, in, his, in, in the past, has supplied and fought their battles and kept their enemies from them. He's the one who supplied their need. He's the one who provided for them. What's different about going and entering this land? Because they, that's what, that was their goal from the, when he pulled and took them out of Egypt. Why would it be difficult for God to make it if, for them to possess that land? It shouldn't be a problem. But they rejected God because their mind was always on the things of the past. And what the difference is, because Caleb and Joshua believe God, that's an act of faith. Faith is taking God at His word. Rebellion is when you go against what God says about us. If God says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and we say different, we are calling God a liar. So the children of Israel in their complaining and belly aching were going against what God says. God says, I'm going to take you into a land of promise. And they say, no, we can't, we can't, prom- we can't enter that. Because we don't have the ability to enter it. Which is true. So we have to be, they were snared by the words of their own mouth. Because what they declared, God made it happen. He said, we should have either died in the wilderness... Or we should go back to Egypt. And he said, because you have said it, that's exactly what's going to happen to you. You all will die in the wilderness. So a couple of things we got to see here. We got to take God at his, at his word. And insult to God and, and calling him a liar. That is what they were doing. He has something good for them and they rejected it. We are limited when we rely on our, our abilities. It takes faith to accomplish things greater than our own capabilities. The spies didn't have faith. And because they didn't have faith, because of their position in the congregation, their unbelief and their faithlessness had such an impact on all the people that it caused the whole congregation to to have have no faith. Right? Right? So it shows you the power that one person can have over a multitude. When God is in something, we are guaranteed to succeed. God was in taking them into the promised land. They didn't have to worry about the the inhabitants. Because God was in it. And as as we see later, they were able, when they came back later, 40 years later, they were able to drive out the inhabitants of the land. So when God is in something, you don't have to worry about if it's going to succeed or not. You know it's going to succeed. we got to take God at His word, no matter what others are saying or doing. Because if you see, even though the leaders had unbelief, God not only held them responsible, He held those who believed them responsible. Because they... Had a death sentence on them. So you can't, those people can't blame the leaders. Because they were there when God was doing all the miracles. 
they heard the word because Moses told them what God told them to told that him to tell the people. So what the people heard and what the leaders heard, they all heard the same thing. They all saw the same thing. So there was no excuse. They couldn't blame the leaders for their unbelief. So we have to be careful what we hear and what we believe. You could hear me talking, but it's your responsibility to go and read the word for yourself and get your uh, get revelation and understand it. To know that what I'm saying is true and don't just take me at my word. Because I am going to be held accountable, but so are you. You can't say it's my fault. It's your fault. No. You are responsible to read the word and let the Holy Spirit teach you and get understanding for yourself. I'm just saying. Because that's how people, that's how they got misled. Because they didn't, they were listening to the leaders and not paying attention and seeking God for themselves. Watch what we say in relation to what God has already said about us. Let me repeat that. Watch what we say in relation to what God has already said about us. When we said we are no good, when we say we are stupid, when we say we can't do anything, we are saying, as if we call ourselves believers in Christ, we are saying opposite to what God says we are. The word of God says we are the righteousness of God in Christ. The word says that we can do all things through Christ. The word says that we are washed by the blood of the Lamb. If we speak contrary to that, we are calling God a liar. And therefore we are speaking in terms of unbelief. And another thing, God is patient and merciful, but He's also just. He does not reward rebellion. Those who followed the unbelieving leaders did so by choice. As I said, they heard the same word, but they chose to listen to these people and follow them. So you have to be, you have to be careful as you, you walk. Make sure that you don't have a heart of unbelief. So I hope you receive something today. In Jesus' name.